Hey guys, it's Christina. This is Vox and Guest, and I am joined by, look at this. Look at this assortment of men, Angie and Sons. Look at this. They are in the house, Hello. literally in the house. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Oh my goodness. These are, uh, these are, these are three gentlemen and we would have, unfortunately, it's not four. Um, you're going to be representing your drummer, James, in your, in his, uh, absence, but, uh, he couldn't be with you guys cause he's gigging. Um, but for a very good yeah, cause. Yeah. So we're, 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 we're going to miss James, but we're, we're glad that he's doing what he's doing. So before we get to anything else, um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves, tell everybody who you are and what you do in the band. So I'm Gordon, as uh, some people call me Caveman. So I'm the singer and a guitarist at certain points. I hate saying that. Yeah. Uh, I'm Andy, I play bass in the band. Uh, I'm Stevie, I'm a, I play guitar and also do some backing vocals. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. And of course, as I said, James is the drummer um, and he is not not back there hiding with his sticks or anything. We're just uh, <laughs> to make sure we don't I'll, leave I'll him just out. <laughs> if you hear banging coming from the next room, it's James. He's finished early and he wants to be in on the show. So, all right, gentlemen, I, I, I you may know this, but I do begin every episode with a really important, serious thought-provoking question. I want you guys to really bear down on this and give it give it a lot of thought, okay? Because we may be solving wor world problems here. We don't know. All right, are you ready? Are you emotionally prepared? They look ready. Mm -hmm. They look ready. Okay, here we go. If animals could speak, which animal do you think would be the rudest, most obnoxious of the animals and why? Oh. I told you it was a big one. It was a big one. I should have prepared you more. Potentially a giraffe. Yeah. Really a giraffe? I'm all looking up here. A giraffe. They seem so nice and chill. And they all look stoned to me. See with that sort of camel eyes and they look down on you. Okay. Going to be tall and everybody then yeah, yeah. automatically look down on you. <laughs> no, okay. no, I don't know, like mm. a, a porcupine or something like that. Because no, it's generally prickly. Yeah, because they're quite prickly in general. So, so you you think the porcupine would just be a prick in general? That's what you think. Is that, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. That 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 does that does sort of lend itself. And Andy, I couldn't tell. Were you were you throwing in on the giraffe thing, or what? Did you have a different animal? Yeah, no, I, I was kind of uh, on board with the giraffe, but I was also thinking a hippo for some reason. I it was a hippo. A generally, kind of a uh, bad attitude. I think they kill a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Waking up, just bad attitude in the morning. Yeah, it's quite kind of. They look kind of cute, but they're really bad temper. So they are really mean. It's true. They are. I and I was surprised because you know hippos in children's books are always like, oh, you know, and then they're like, yeah. you know, they'll kill you if they actually get a hold of you. Okay, so we have a porcupine because he's prickly. We have a giraffe because he's looking down on you and he's tall. And then we have either a giraffe or a hippo. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
All yeah. right. I don't know what my answer would be, but fortunately I'm not a guest on this show, so I don't have to think. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like it would be a, I kind of feel like it would be a cat though. I think cats are generally assholes, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I've been to them. I can from that. They are generally. There you so, go. That's right. It's funny because we, we have people who will, in the middle of filming, they'll be talking to something that clearly isn't a person, thankfully, and they'll be like, stop it, you asshole. And it's always a cat that they're talking to. It's always a cat. Um, but who knows? This Now I may have to check and see if it's a hippo or a giraffe because they, they yeah, yeah. So, all right. I Thank you for, for, for tackling the hard-hitting issues. That's it, everyone. Good night. No, I'm kidding. Um, so... Okay, so now now that we've got the big, you know, important stuff out of the way, let's 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 get to the story of Pangea and Sons a little bit here. Why don't you guys tell me how each of you got into music in the first place and then how did you all hook up as a band? Joy. Uh, well, I suppose from my point of view, um just uh, I learned to play guitar when I was kinda young, I went to guitar lessons, that sort of thing, but I the really a bad student and put no effort in whatsoever. <laughs> um, and then, but I kind of learned the basics. And then, when you get to high school, met a lot of people who kind of like similar music, and then we started a cover version band. Mm -hmm. um, and most of them are still my friends to this day. We oh, kind of cool. uh, bonded over music. So yeah, that was it. Really, just sort of uh, learning songs that you liked at the time, sort of during the nineties, sure. um, and. Yeah, and I've been doing it. I've kind of seen other bands, people from school, and then I've known these guys for years as well. And then it all sort of came together about a year ago mm -hmm. um, with the Pangean mm -hmm. Sons. And yeah, I just sort of feel like it's kind of. But so you've been playing bass since there. you were pretty young then, or playing guitar of a sort at least. Yeah, since you were... high school. I thought, well, the reason I started playing guitar, but everybody else was better than me at the guitar, so I didn't <laughs> play bass. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's rare to find a bass player, at least in my experience, who didn't start out as a guitarist or start out wanting to be a guitarist and then either for what you just said of like, well, there are already a bunch of guitarists that I know who are I think better than I am or more often, well, you know, there were five of us and we wanted to form a band and there were three guitars and somebody had to blink, <laughs> you know, that's it. So, okay. So, so you, but do you still play, you know, guitar at all or are you just strictly bass? A little bit, not that much. I've probably started doing it a bit more recently. Mm -hmm. um, but I think eventually you kind of like uh, play the bass and then you start to appreciate it for what it is on its own. Cause I think you maybe. The dream is maybe when you're younger, you want to play guitar, and that's the right. cool thing to do. Right, but then right. You get into playing bass, and you realize, well, that's actually quite a cool thing in its own right. And then it's you get actually cooler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's the thing, and I, I've I've said it before. Bass players are a very particular breed. A bass player is not looking for limelight generally. They're not trying to be showy and all that. They're just generally very relaxed, very chill, kind of hang back. And it's true, though, if you're in high school and you're trying to get dates or something, nobody goes, oh, I'm going to pick up the bass because you're not going to sit there and just boom, 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 boom. You know, everybody wants the acoustic guitar so you can sit there on the lawn and play Wonderwall and try to get dates. That's what that's what everybody does. So. But, that's true. You can't play a lot of bass at parties just on your own. Right. <laughs> it, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you have like a, a jazz party or something, you can maybe get away with it. But no, I, I love bass players. I love drummers. I'd be the unsung heroes of every single band, because as we say all the time around here, if you want people to move, 
you're talking about bass and you're talking about drums. Nobody gets up and dances to lead guitar or vocals. They just don't. So, um, so I'm, I'm glad that you went with the bass, Andy. I'm, I'm glad you did. So, okay. Stevie cave. Who's going (laughs) to, who's going to take it next? I will. Um, Getting into music, like my, my dad played guitar when I was younger, so I grew up like sort of around music, and there was always music in the in the family, and always been played. Um, later on, he played the bagpipes though. But I remember being like, I was a wee kid, and my dad sort of gave me the guitar, and he's like, "This is an E chord." And, Okay. my fingers and I just wanted to go and play football <laughs> <laughs> so I never I never started playing guitar properly until I was like early 20s oh wow um, okay okay so he started he started giving on. you the guitar early and you just took another like 15 years or whatever <laughs> wow months. okay okay did you do I, anything I else eventually Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like I got to it. It just took me a little while. So why then? Why why all of a sudden did you finally decide to uh, to pick it up instead of playing football or whatever? Well, I always always had a lovely music. Like you know, there was, was different types of music. Like sort of really young, I was into sort of I was into like kind of heavier metal, and then I got into sort of dance music, and I've always kind of chopped and changed. Um, mm. But then it was a, a mutual friend of mine and Andy's McGee who. I'd been watching him playing quite a lot and stuff, and I was really appreciating it. And then I was listening to Jimi Hendrix at the time as well. Mm. And again, I was talking to my dad, and I was saying, "Oh, mm. you know, McGee done this song, and it was great." And I've been listening to Jimi Hendrix, and he's like, and he was saying, to me, "He's like, well, why don't you play?" Said, mm. so, so you, so your hands are big enough for and stuff, you you'll be able to do it. So why don't you try it?" And, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> That's an interesting approach. He's like, you know, you could be a be a, be a mold model for baseball gloves or play the guitar. You have giant hands. Why not? Like, that's a, that's an well, after just handing you the guitar had failed. I guess he wanted to try a different approach. But uh, and you, so you got Hendrix and and your friend were the things that finally clicked it for you, huh? All right, that that was uh, it. Was I remember I remember sitting one night and uh, Ben McGee was playing like um, the thing he'd done it. He wrote it himself at the time when he was playing it. I didn't know that, um, and I, I then asked him, and I said, "Who, whose, whose music's that?" And he yeah. said, "Oh, that was me and Marty done that." And I was like, kind of blown away a wee bit. Yeah, but, yeah. Do you know, like, you know, someone I knew had wrote this mm-hmm. piece of music. Exactly. Um, and that, that's yeah. kind of one of the things that probably hooked me into playing. Hmm. Cool. So it was it was a combination then of also just. Hey, and I don't have to just play other people's music either. I could do. I, yeah, yeah, true, true, yeah. And did you always like to sing, even when your father wanted you to be playing guitar and you wanted to be playing football, or when did you start picking up uh, <laughs> <laughs> the singing at all? I don't, I don't know. I suppose I've always kind of sang a wee bit, you know, like singing along to music when it's all yeah, sure, learning yeah. lyrics and stuff. Um, I, I've always always enjoyed music and and. Kind of trying to be part of it, I suppose, if it was just singing along badly when you were a kid or whatever. <laughs> Everybody starts somewhere, right? <laughs> okay, so so it's not been too, too long for you then that you've really been playing guitar because, you know, I'm not asking how old you are, but it, it can't be too long. So that's... Uh, <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's over 20 years, but it's still quite a long time. But I suppose when you look at guitarists at like massive age, the, the ones who have played when they were younger, the, um, 
I kind of think it comes to them more naturally. I think when you start mm-hmm. older, you need to work a wee bit harder to try and get there. Yeah. yeah. I think that's everything though, right? Like, you know, remember when you were a kid and you could just read like a 300 page book in two yeah. days. And now I'm like, this cannot yeah. be the yeah. same brain that I used to read like four <laughs> novels a week. Like, I have like the, the yeah, bad version of my brain. Yeah. So I, I'm, I agree with you. A guitar yeah, is something. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, I have wanted to learn. Well, no, I have wanted to know how to play guitar for years. I have never wanted to learn to play guitar i just want to know how to do it without actually having to learn which they haven't in, they haven't invented that matrix yeah. technology yet mm-hmm. where i can just upload the information to my oh, brain oh, so <laughs> so i'm um, yeah I, I i could totally relate to how hard it is to start something once you're a little older and your brain isn't as squishy as it used to be so okay so gordon talk to me what is your villain origin story for music when did you start <laughs> well, uh... So it's uh, probably never good up in a very musical household, if you'd say that in regards to instruments. But my dad was massive into music, be it uh, from late 60s, early 70s, so your queen, glam rock, Bowie, T-Rex. He was always into his music and they'd come back at night it's usual sort of go to the club, come back at night and play the music. Uh, oh, okay. Me and my sister would be sitting there like, ah, we have, we've got school in the morning, still playing songs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's mainly where some of my love of music came from. Okay. And the sort of genres we sort of get into. So from there, ideally, growing up where we did, uh, a wee bit of guitar here and there, you sit and learn a wee, you're like, this is a, this is a D, this is a G. Mm-hmm. You sit there and learn that and you play it right, but never really get into a musical instrument until okay. I think probably 1920. I think I was 19, 19 years old, 20 years old. Oh, at first I thought you meant you got into it in the year 1920, and I was like, what, a vampire? How the fuck? I'm like, Jesus, you look really good, Gordon. I don't know what, you'll have to send me your skincare routine at the end of the show. (laughs) Look at him, 103 years old, he doesn't look a day over 92 or whatever, but yeah, okay, so, all right, so when you you were 19 or 20, gotcha, okay. Yeah, yeah, so... my my pal, uh, my friend was uh, playing in a band. He was a bassist in a band. He was doing the singing. So he was like, do you want to come into the studio? And I was like, aye, not a problem. So I went into the studio, sitting there having a drink in the studio, having that cigarette and that, and sitting there. <laughs> Drummer didn't appear. And he was like, do you want to play drums? And I was like, well, I don't really play drums, but aye, uh, I'll give it a shot. So ended up, so... Started playing with them sort of that night. Had a sort of they were like, that was actually really good. And I was like, well, I've never played drums before, but here we wow. go. Okay. So ended up being a drummer for the next about six, seven years, I think it was. Uh, after that, uh, playing with them and ended up being uh, Michael and myself writing all the songs. So he's the bassist, I'm the drummer. We're writing mm. all the songs. That's I think very Paris, cool. this is what you need to do. That's how you yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which is quite unusual when the rhythm section is writing all this sort of music. I was going to say, but how cool. I mean, how cool is that? Because you guys know exactly where each other needs to be. 
you know, yeah. you know what the pocket's yeah. going to, so were the song, and I don't want to derail you, but now I'm really curious because I never hear that mm -hmm. ever. Like, mm -hmm. were the songs really groove heavy? Were, was that sort of the first main element yeah. of? They were, yeah, it was, it's very, it's like, cause I, I would sit and I'd, I'd get a beat in my head and then it's like, but from a very young age, I used to write, and I've seen this before, it's like, it quite strange when I was younger, because I used to write quite a lot. Uh, I was bad at English at school because I didn't pay attention. <laughs> but I used to write a lot of sort of poetry and a lot of mm. words and I've just sat in notebooks and sit and write things down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that sort of came from that. Michael was like, have you got anything? I'm like, right, I've got this. I've got, I had loads of sort of poems and stuff like that. So, oh, wow. Well, right, so we started using them and we were a sort of punk, funk, rock band, if you say that. So awesome. Okay, sort of awesome. transition through into that and then... So I was drumming with them, so six, seven years. Then I had a kid with a mixed wife and moved through to where I am just now, where I okay. stay just now, sort of where Stevie and Sir Andy stay. And then I met Stevie where we were staying at a house, and then I started getting back into guitar. Mm -hmm. okay. And then he was like, why don't you sing? And I'm like, right, okay, I'll sing. He was like, if you get anything there, you can write songs. And I was like, well, I've got all these sort of writing stuff. So yeah, like, you've had all the right. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, and then that sort of started for there. And then me and sort of Stevie started writing stuff back and forth. I was pretty much from lockdown, I think. Well, no, well, we'd been writing, Sorry. probably been writing for six or seven mm. years maybe like, yeah. okay and it started sort of really slowly mm. and then more more jams than anything else I yeah think. yeah because yeah. like, i met him i was like he's like do you play guitar it's like i play wee bit and it's like it's like i, I play, play guitar man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got a couple of beers and it's like, right, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no you i mean I, you guys that that's that's i'm sorry go ahead what were you gonna say stevie I oh, know I was going to say like the, the, the sort of six or seven years ago, maybe we probably started sort of writing. It was like, sort of slowly, and then eventually it was like maybe every couple of weeks or something we'd get together and we'd work on something. But mm -hmm. then, as Gordon was saying, like after the mm -hmm. lockdown, I mean, we we started practicing regularly. Yeah. And then sort of really sort of mm -hmm. honing in and trying to get like a set list and going to open mic nights. Putting those lyrics into actually something that is structured mm -hmm. and actually means something. Have you yeah. That? So, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. No, you guys, I mean, it, it's, it's one of, first of all, I should say right now, I really like your music. I really do. And I, and I find it yeah. so, I love when I have this quote problem that I cannot categorize it. I cannot say, I can't be like, okay, you know, Pangean Sons is a this band, you know, because I hear blues, I hear blues rock, I hear prog rock, I hear some funk, I hear, I hear alt rock, I hear, I hear all kinds of things and I, and I love it. And one of the things that, that always stands out to me, whatever the song is that I'm listening to of yours is I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, Cave, but to me, you sound a lot like Jim Morrison. Okay, let, let me let me let me in on the joke. Was that a good laugh or a bad laugh or a, what was the? No, it, was a, it was a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, no, we hear that a lot. Yeah, I can tell them that, and you say, yeah. I don't think so. But yeah, yeah. people tell me that all the time, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Similarly to most of them, you love the dwarves. I love it. I, I do love the dwarves. It's, it's not a, it's not something I try to do, Christina. No, it's, it's, it's I'm just, I'm singing, I'm enjoying yeah. it, I'm having yeah. a laugh, and it's like, I'm very, and I'm saying to these guys all the time, and it's like, it's one of those, it's like, I hear my voice back, and I'm like, fuck, I hate that. But they're like, that sounds good. And I'm like, really? I I have yet to meet a singer, myself included, who actually likes the way our voice sounds. I just don't think singers do. Mm -hmm. I just don't think we ever like, it's like when you hear a recording of your voice on somebody's, well, not Mm -hmm. me, I'm going to date myself here, but like answering machine or something. I'm like, is that what the hell I sound like? It's hard, you know, so I I understand. Mm -hmm. And, and again, what I, what I should say more specifically is that your, your timbre reminds me of Jim Morrison, but I don't find it pretentious the way that I sorry always found Jim Morrison to be he was always very kind of I don't know he seemed I I like the doors I like I like a lot of their music but but no it's it's I think it's also you know some of it is just the depth of your voice um you know not just even the range but the depth of it but but what I love about that and and we're going to play um a song for everybody in in a minute here just so that they can hear a little bit of what we are and we'll be talking about but it's it's the fact that you have a, a voice and a timbre specifically that is reminiscent of somebody like a Jim Morrison is that it vocally and then orally for those of us listening, it places the song from a from a vocal standpoint and a melodic standpoint in a very specific place, right? It's this yeah. idea yeah. of, okay, you know, here we are, you know, we're very we're talking about, you know, this era of classic rock and prog rock and all that, you know, mm-hmm. but the instrumentation is not necessarily doing that. And I love that. I love that because it makes, there's so much ear candy, right? There's just so much, because you guys, for a four piece, your sound is very complex. It's intricate. It's layered. The way that you are 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 working especially you know with when there are the two guitars like when you guys do your house sessions and we'll we'll get to all of that mm-hmm. you know it's it sounds like you have more members in the band than you do which I love when a band can pull that off with not too many people mm-hmm. but I also mm-hmm. love that as I said it is impossible to label your genre so mm-hmm. the, the question I'll ask you before we head into playing um we're going to play surrender for everybody um but um what do you define your genre in any way? If you do, what what would you say? Um, and then you know maybe open. just a couple. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, tell me. Open open genre. <laughs> open genre. Okay, that that Stevie that that's another way of saying no, Stevie. But thank you. So <laughs> thank you for I wasn't, I wasn't really know. It's just like it's just whatever we feel at the time. Mm. It's not yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's, we, we don't even really want to pigeonhole ourselves because, like, mm-hmm. the stuff that we're working yeah. on for different mm-hmm. for maybe like we're trying to do like one album just now and then, but we're already working on stuff for a second, and yeah. we don't want to like limit ourselves in any way, so yeah. just yeah. to keep things open. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, as you say, is there, Andy, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like play how you feel, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's the key, mm-hmm. it's like because. Looking at Christina is, is the fact that it's like I might sit there and it's like I'll come up with something, I'll write something. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a genre. Right. 
is what I feel at the time or what Stevie yeah. feels at the time right. that makes us like I've came with this rift. Yeah. We might be sitting here some nights we're having a jam and Andy's playing a bass line black, me and Steve Blah. Like, oh yeah. what was that? Do that like, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so we'll take that and we'll run with it. And it's like sure. nothing's written in a specific way to produce a genre or produce a sound. It's what's felt, it's what's it's what comes about at the time. Yep. And then each is seem to feed off each other at those points. Mm-hmm. And I'm a great believer in not restricting anybody or mm. putting across, no, this is how this should sound. Right. Or you, you can't do this or you can't do that because yeah. that's you know, not that the genre. Right. Right. You know, so right. it's like, if I'm playing sometimes, it's like, right, and it's like, Maybe so. What, what should I put in? I'm like, play what you want. As yeah, like, right. and it's the, yeah, yeah. So if you have if you have that investment from every single person, mm-hmm. then I think you 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 do you create a unique sound. Yes, that a hundred percent don't usually get from a lot. Of That's places. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know what? I'm going to pause you guys there because we're going to have much more of a conversation about this when after we show everybody. But I want people to hear as we're having more of this discussion what we're talking about for anybody who hasn't already heard you. So this song, yeah. Surrender, um, again, one of the ones out from this year. Um, that was what? Earlier? Like um, March-ish? March ish? March. So I'm not going to, you know what? Let's not say anything about it until we've played it. I want everybody to hear it because there are, there are things that I will say and I know there's stuff that you can say, but I want everybody to hear this first. And then then everything else that we talk about, I think will make more sense for anyone who's not already familiar with the myriad puzzle piece of genres that is Pangean Sun. So <laughs> guys, here you go. Feast your ears on Surrender.
defiant, the structure of fire, the personal feelings, my mind's in line. Dancing with streetlights is that way inclined. Dancing subconscious, not with us in time. Reach out our arms to face the struggle, to find the strength inside. Strength inside. Strength inside. One of the things that I love, and you you said this a little bit before before when we when we played it, but because you're not wedded to a genre, and you're not mm-hmm. even wedded to a genre within a song, um, mm-hmm. I hear like when I'm listening to all of your stuff, whether it's on Spotify or you know YouTube, I'm, I'm rather Facebook. You have a lot more videos of things and you have songs out on Spotify right yes. now. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah. and what's cool is that um for those of you who cuz everyone's going to be going to your Facebook page after this interview, they might be on there right now on a different device because they're so drawn in by having just listened to Surrender, but they will see that you guys do this really cool thing where you have and we'll talk about it more later, like your house sessions where you're right mm-hmm. where you are now and you're playing for the yeah. most part. Um, and then you have your studio sessions where you're, as one might imagine, in the studio. And the versions that you're doing of the same songs in the different settings are also different. So I'm I'm yeah. watching you guys and I'm listening to you guys and I'm going, okay, so I think I know what Subsonic's lines sound like. And then I hear it, you know, with all of you sitting there and then I see a live acoustic version of it, completely different song. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I'll hear you guys do a house session of plane and then, you yeah. know, I'll hear it in the studio and I'll go completely different song. So I think that, and I'm sorry, cause when I get really excited and everybody who's watching the show knows this because they've seen me do it now, you know, a couple dozen times. <laughs> My brain lights up because I, I have so many thoughts and so many questions. So I'm sorry that I keep starting and, and interrupting myself on these questions and these thoughts. But I love that you're, um, as I listen to your stuff and I watch your stuff, I make these mental notes. And in my head, I'm saying things like, well, this sounds like a Red Hot Chili Pepper song mixed with an Aussie song. And this sounds like Lennon and then also Steppenwolf. And I'm like, and I have never had the comparisons. And and again, I, I, I make sure to mention every time I say this, when I make comparisons, it's always favorable. First of all, I'm not, you know, saying, oh, that reminds me of Tiny Tim or something where you just want to throw yourself off a bridge or whatever. Like, it's all good music. But also, I'm not saying that it sounds like a song. I'm just saying the the song, the sound reminds me of stuff that i've heard by these artists that thankfully i also yeah. have but the the range of bands that you guys bring to mind is so all over the place and i love it <laughs> i love it i love it so much because no matter what That's, kind of music yeah, you like but really what, whatever kind of music you like you're probably going to find it in in all of your songs <laughs> you know i like alt rock well we do you know uh, stevie's doing that okay but i also like funk well andy's doing that and, and you know and i also I, I like sort of like a more prog rock feel well cave is doing that you know and james is over here doing those and it's all the same song you know and so i mean mm-hmm. when you guys are when you guys are writing music 
Um, so first of all, I got to ask just to back up a little bit, Gordon, were you a singing drummer at any point or did you not sing no, while you, no, okay. no, not, not at all. Not I have no. such a soft spot for singing drummers. Cause they're like unicorns. Like, I don't know how I singing drummers work. do it. I really uh, don't. Okay. But so, so you I, I tried old Phil Collins at one point, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was points at, cause I was still at that point learning the drums. Okay. Although we were playing and we were gigging, and any drummer, <laughs> well, when you're drumming away, it's harder up playing a guitar and singing yes. at points <laughs> when you're doing that. Absolutely. When you're drumming and you're hitting everything else and you're singing as well, to me, that's even more so. I don't know how they do it. It's, it's a very, very hard thing to do. I think you would need to have like a, a special set of lungs to be able to breathe in enough oxygen. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that too. I mean, there's so yeah. much about it that's difficult. The energy, as you said, Stevie, but also just your brain is doing two such radically different things at the same time. So that's mm -hmm. why I was curious. Yeah. But okay, so mm -hmm. so in terms of the songwriting process, though, because I do get the feel from what you said, and also from the fact that you literally said it, that a lot of these songs come out of jams that you guys are doing when you're just meeting up, mm -hmm. you know, every week or whatever. Yeah. So talk me through if there is, if not a typical, but maybe a more likely scenario. Is it usually, you know, one of you is strumming something on the guitar and somebody goes, oh, what's that riff? And then you all start building in. Are you all just kind of, you know, does it tend to start with, with you know, something that James is doing, something Andy's doing? Does it move around all the time? How does that usually work? I, 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 I think it does quite a lot. I think it does quite a lot. Lyrically, though, lyrically, though, like Gordon's doing majority of the lyrics, <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe try and write a song and I'll maybe get like a verse and mm. then I can't get anymore and I go, Gordon, can you finish that? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so and now do you mean like on the guitar or do you mean like lyrically or both like lyrically okay like, I'll, I'll maybe copy a guitar part a, a chorus or mm. whatever and, and like an arrangement for the guitar but then mm. I, 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 like i kind of struggle with lyrics more okay so i'll, I'll have an idea and a, a general sort of feel for what i'm wanting to say yeah and i'll write a verse maybe a chorus and then i'll get gordon to, to help me with the lyrics and Okay. Well, half the time you just write them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just does it. <laughs> it's like uh, I'm constantly amused by Gordon because he will just literally you'll play something and five minutes later he'll start yeah written a, a song. Yeah. And if I ever try to do it, then I've got nothing. It's like a tumbleweed <laughs> going through my brain. <laughs> find nothing at all. Uh, but yeah, you just seem to just have that knack of just hearing it. Mm -hmm. That'll. That's the yeah. feel again, and that's the words that will go with it. And I know. It's, uh, it's, it's funny, you speak to other musicians and uh, songwriters, and they're like, oh, I've had a bit of a wall, and it, mm. it's like, there seems to be no wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good situation to be in if you have no, I mean, not, not, not for your house or whatever, but yeah, for for songwriting. That's a good, but, but so it sounds like generally the genesis of most of the songs is guitar. You get a riff, you get some sort of, or even just, you know, strumming some chords for rhythm or whatever. And then, yeah. you know, bass and drums will come in, pick up on that. And then it does it sound like you guys generally write the lyrics last? Do you ever come in with lyrics and then, you know, write a, a oh, melody? Oh, Christ, I think I've been in a plane coming up from London. I think I wrote three 
in the uh, about an hour and a half or something. Mm-hmm. I think out of that came dropping time. That's right, aye. Uh, the love, uh-huh. <laughs> and something else as well. As for the love, we were. We had come up with like sort of guitar parts, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you went, I've got something for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly right. It's a good, uh, I would say, merge of all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know, so, so it's when I'm away, it's like I'll be sitting, it's like maybe in a hotel room somewhere random in the country, and I'll be sitting after having some tea at the bar and I'll be sitting maybe having a, a beer and I'll be sitting out right away and something will come to my head and I'll be like right mm. and I'll sit right away or it mm. might be like subsonic lines was Andy's uh, bass line we're sitting in here Andy played the bass line and me and Steve were straight away like, what's that uh, this, was, this like, was in between like songs mm. and Andy started messing about mm-hmm. like, yeah but it's yeah. that like and then, again, I, it and, and I think the I think the ropes have some lines in like twenty minutes between I, the guitar, the bass, yeah, the, the <laughs> lyrics. Well. It, was like, it was just so organic. It just came came straight away. It was like 20, 20, 30 minutes, I think it was, and it was like and yeah. we had this sort of the basis of it, and then we sort of worked on the structure of it in a sense, mm-hmm. more of it. I mean, aye. So I mean. But but you guys have really, and we should get back to how you ended up all four of you becoming a band because I don't think we actually answered that question. But you've only been together for like a year, right? Yeah, less than a year, less than a year. I think I think a year. Yeah, it's just about a year. I've been about this time. Actually, we're actually doing a gig uh, on the fifth. I started coming fifth August, which was what started off. I didn't say that. So that's that was our first gig, and it's, it was uh, it's like a sort of a small all day festival. Have you seen oh. that? Oh, is this and the Soundwave? Is this the Soundwave? Yeah, yeah Soundwave. Yeah, that, you're doing exactly you're doing that again. Yes. Yeah, in like a week, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So we, we had been like Gordon and I had since the mm-hmm. lockdown where we spoke yeah. about. Uh, you know, we'd been trying to go out to open mic nights and mm-hmm. writing a wee bit and. You got the opportunity through through somebody you know, and they were going to give us like a half an hour slot window, and it was just going to be the two of us. Yeah. So um, I then approached Andy, who I think you were on holiday at the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was saying, and uh, you got a phone call from Stevie, um, basically saying, "Jay, put into this gig." And it was about five weeks, I think, from then, and um, I because I'm holiday, I was feeling quite kind of. Uh, Upbeat and I'd had a beer at lunchtime, so it's like, yeah, why not? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, thought about it a bit more and realized that uh, maybe that wasn't a great idea, but then it all kind of came together really quickly, and I've mm-hmm. absolutely loved every minute of it since. So, um, yeah. and was James uh, in on that too, or no? I'd, I'd known James through uh, my, my son's rugby when he was younger, and this mm-hmm. was like maybe it was a good few years ago, maybe I don't know. Eight, eight years ago or something like that. Okay. Um, and I had got on really well with James and we obviously bonded over music and um, we had always said we would jam together. But when this then came up and Andy had got involved, I also contacted James to see if he mm. would be interested. So mm-hmm. he kind of said, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that gig. But then we, we hooked him in, I think. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so 
think we had three weeks before it, I think it was. Yeah, we only managed yeah, to get yeah, like yeah. three three sessions yeah. before and that that's kind of what amazed oh. me was how quickly oh. Andy and James mm. like came together and and, and, and managed to, to find stuff for all the songs for this set. Yeah. Period of time. Yeah. yeah. I think with my point of view, it's like hearing the songs because they're so kind of catchy that mm. you just, you were able to come up with something with it mm. and, yeah, quite quickly sort of keyed into it and got invested in the song and really enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's yeah. the basis of it. If it had been something really kind of obscure and kind of, uh, yeah, that you weren't really enjoying, then, yeah, you wouldn't really kind of. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, not going to compel you. Yeah. yeah. yeah so wait, so, yeah. so am, am I understanding this correctly that you guys not only formed as a band, but finished writing everything you were going to play as that band in about three to five weeks among the four of you? The songs have been the songs have been slightly structured, right? But but yeah, but, but bass and drums were not really no. Yes, I agree. Yeah, you're about, about three, I three three weeks, three I three three weeks, I mean uh, <laughs> that that you know I I I know you know I I have tons of friends who are musicians who will get called in to to sub for a gig where they're learning, you know, 20 songs that are covers or 20 songs mm. that are originals that are completely done where they've been recorded and all they have to do is listen back and play along or whatever. And they find that difficult in, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever. You guys are like, well, um, we have a gig. We should probably make a band <laughs> and then write some songs for it. And then you did that. And, and, and it doesn't surprise me as I'm talking to you more and getting to know more of the story that you were able to do that because it does sound like at your cores individually and then at your core as a band, you are kind of a jam band in the beginning, but then you're yeah. not one of these, you know, jam a fork in your eye. You're literally just up there jamming for like four hours on the same song and people just want to be like, Oh my God, you know, like you're, you start as a jam band and then you go, Oh, okay, we've got something here and then you will take it and you'll refine it. You'll rewrite things. Yeah, you'll add lyrics. You would. And I, I think, I mean, I, I talked to a good number of bands through this show and then just in the indie community who do that. And what I found is that two to one, the, the, the common theme for all of them, whatever the genre or non open genre that they might be playing in is or whatever, <laughs> the one thing that they all have in common and so I've started to think of it as a prerequisite for doing things this way is this level of musical synergy among the members that everybody's just kind of on the same wavelength. Everybody shows up, they know what they're meant to do, even if it's not scripted or structured and it's completely different every time. And I think that what they do thing is you all come in and you listen to each other. I think that's what it comes down to. You come yeah. in, you know, and whether it's literally, you know, you're sitting there and I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've watched bass players just sitting there like while the guitarist is tuning or whatever, you know, and the bass player will start fiddling around with something and somebody will go, Ooh, what was that? You know, or, mm -hmm. you know, the guitarist will be off in the corner just fiddling around while they're waiting for the drummer to set up the kit. And then they'll go, wait, what was that riff? And you guys are literally listening to each other, but musically it sounds like, you're all free to do whatever you think the song needs for whatever yeah. instrument yeah. you're on. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then also because you seem to all be locked in with each other, I've seen things where even on some of your your more informal sessions, it looks like, especially Stevie and, and Gordon, you two, um, I don't remember which song it was, but there was one where it was just the two of you sitting on the couch. And the way that you're looking at each other is, I think it's something that only if you're a musician, do you understand what all those little looks mean? Like, I'm going to go up here with the chord instead of down here. And then I see Gordon going, okay, then vocally I'm going to go here. And there's all this twin speak going on between the two of you, but you're not actually saying anything. And, yeah. and, and when you see bands can do that, you know, you're in good hands because nobody's going to come in and go, Oh, and over here, I'm going to throw in like a dubstep beat. Like nobody's going to come in and just completely upset. Yeah. So, I mean, when you guys are, are going from just, you know, Andy will put, do, put something down on the base or whatever. And you guys will go, wait, what was that? Or, you know, one of you throw something down on, on the guitar or whatever. How long would you generally say it takes you from that to when you feel like your song is done, is it fairly quick? Well, generally, also saying, actually, I sat down Aye. last night and I wrote a song about <laughs> the gig we done last weekend. Okay, which was uh, which was great. It was in the middle of the Scottish Highlands and it was a uh, local great new place, Dalavish, it's called, and uh, sure. great. And up there, we get invited up. Great musicians. So last night, came in, it was like convincing Stevie, I speak to you for 20 minutes, right. I think, and back up to the house. One of them picked up the guitar, started playing away, tune came in my head, started writing, and we actually, by, I think, about probably about 11-ish, it was mm -hmm. done, I think. And then we got a, we got a message on the WhatsApp group. <laughs> <laughs> So it and can be that like, quick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So then, uh, with that, mm -hmm. then I, I started sort of messing about with, mm -hmm. with like a guitar part and backing vocals. And then when we come in, like, Andy's just like threw some bass on it all and mm -hmm. it's, it's worked. And uh, so that'll, that'll be on Facebook tomorrow. Probably. As a house session. And it, it's literally about that weekend. The, the people we met, it was an amazing oh, thing. The people we met, some fantastic yeah. musicians as well. And, yeah. Um, nice people as well. Yeah, it was generally. Yeah. Kind of yeah, although they, they've, got a, they've got a saying for, for this festival type thing, and it's like, no assholes. Sorry for my friends. But that's that's probably about seven. You're an arsehole then. It's like you know. Yeah, you get you get a bad saying that you're not one if you've been the whole weekend. Yeah, but that's 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 pretty much keep me together, and we have now. Okay. And this was before the interview, so we're like we're sitting practicing that, and we've done a video, and we'll probably do a house session with that. Okay. They just and that that's the whole point of the house sessions, and it was like. I think I said to you before we even started that, as part of a sort of an experiment on a different way of approaching things. Christina, mm -hmm. so showing works like, and all. I shown works and all, and showing the process and showing, mm -hmm. as you said earlier on, it's like it sounds totally different from here in the studio, and then it yeah. makes sound different. Maybe another house session sounds different yeah. from there. Yeah, back in the studio again, it sounds again different. But 
getting people invested and showing the process of how it actually works and mm-hmm. and how, how you create really. I think uh, uh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, look at like see uh, footsteps. I don't think we've done anything oh, with that. I wouldn't know that one anyway. No, and it was no. like they're out the yeah. back having like a random conversation about mm-hmm. the shapes of clouds, <laughs> and and then uh, we were talking about oh we could, we could make that into some lyrics and and then. I said, oh, I've got a guitar part that could go mm. with that. So then, like, okay. half an hour later, we had, like, a song. Yeah. Um, mm. So, I, it all comes together quite quick sometimes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I used to kind of, like, remember turning up to practice, the usual practice on a Thursday night mm-hmm. in the house here. And uh, for a while, just coming in and that you said, oh, I've written other songs. I haven't learned the last one yet. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down, guys. Slow down. I'm <laughs> still working on the one you did yesterday. Yeah. Andy's got Ableton Live, which he's been messing about recently. And there's there's quite a lot coming for that as well. We've yeah. not done yeah. anything with it, but we do it as well. <laughs> but some great stuff, some great stuff. Yeah, I think that's it because we've all gotten sort of quite. We've got probably music in common that we all like, mm. and we've also got our own tastes. So there's mm-hmm. all sort of various kind of influences that all come into it. And it's that way we say, "We'll just play what you like, mm. with no judgment on it." Right. If it sounds good, and we all play our own part of it, then it will turn into something that's maybe better than some of its parts. I suppose you'd say. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, that that's a pretty, that's a pretty blessed position to be in, right? That you guys can come together. And what I like though, is that, cause you said that Gordon, that the, you know, the house sessions, you know, and, and it's, it is a very smart thing. And, and as, as a musician, I especially appreciate it because, you know, it's one thing to see a song that's finished and done. And it's another one to watch a song evolve from one place into another. But what I liked is that even in the house sessions where obviously, you know, you don't have James drumming. Sometimes, Gordon, you're playing guitar on something that you wouldn't be when it's in the studio later on. Um, uh, You know, that I don't even necessarily think of those house sessions as early or embryonic or you know unfinished versions of things i think they stand alone too they work too you know and Mm -hmm. like um i think it was um dreams um one of the ones that's on your facebook and and i wanted to ask you about that too because there are a bunch of songs that are on your facebook that aren't on your spotify now some of them go back to last year so are yeah. those songs that are coming to Spotify? Are there ones that they were there and you took them down? Like what what what's the story with the ones? Why are the ones that are on Spotify on Spotify and the ones that are only on Facebook not on Spotify? Thank you. We make so many. <laughs> we can't do them all. <laughs> As a, a bit of that. We 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 do write quite profusely. Okay, um, but also that. The ones that are on Spotify at the current time, the ones we are going to do, because we're going to do another mm-hmm. four, and then we're going to release an album. So we are. Okay. Okay. So with those songs, those songs are quite close. They, those songs have been as you, from the beginning. Uh-huh. I can say that uh-huh. to there. 
So that's we're releasing them first, and the songs as you say they go back. I like dreams. That oh, yeah. that literally was a dream I had. And I can even say to you and you're like, you need to write a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> so pretty though. It's so because you guys don't do a lot of ballads, mm. but mm -hmm. that I would call at least the house session, um, you know, version of it. I would call a ballad, and it's just. The melody is so pretty. It's so gentle, you know, and it, in that way, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Reprieve, too, which mm -hmm. I got a real yeah. Iron and Wine vibe. I don't know if you know Iron and Wine, but um, if you don't, you, uh, you might want to listen to them. I think you would really like the music. Mm -hmm. But again, softer, very pretty, more of a ballad, you know, mm -hmm. and then you've got stuff like Winning, which... Uh, totally different. All of a sudden, there's a wah, and it's super funky. And like, <laughs> that is the only song to me that instead of giving me it, um, and actually on things like Dreams and Reprieve, where you are singing more of a ballad, I don't hear that Jim Morrison tone. I think that's more when you're doing more of the rock blues kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Winning, I heard, and I, I love his voice, so please take this as the compliment. Since I heard Tom Jones. Oh, really? <laughs> That's who I heard. <laughs> it's it's got mm -hmm. that sort of sexy, funky. Face. The whole yeah. song. It and 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 so again, even when you guys are roughing things out, quote unquote, and it doesn't sound like it's all that rough at any point. Um, maybe for the first twenty minutes or so that you're writing something, but um, it's 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 just it's astounding to me how much variety is in there you know, in everything that you're doing. And again, given that you all seem to have different musical styles, I'm gathering different musical influences, although I'm sure, you know, there are some yeah. musicians yeah. that everybody likes. It could be an absolute muddy disaster to do things the way that you do them. It could be a train wreck, right? It could be, all right, well, you know, we've got something over here that's more in this vein um, on the guitar, and then I'm going to do something over here vocally that's completely different, and then Andy's going to come over here and do something. It could be such a mess, and it's not. And I think that that's the part that you probably can't articulate necessarily that mm -hmm. you know and, and and i know if if you're a good musician and you're and you're there in the service of the song the song will tell you what it can and can't support right so as long as you're not just being a complete yeah. tool about yeah. it you'll know that but i like some of the choices that you guys make so one of the things i noticed on a number of your songs is that what stevie will be doing on the guitar and what gordon will be doing vocally often will chase each other you know, those you'll hear yeah. guitar lines and vocal lines that are very much in parallel. But what keeps that from making the song seem one dimensional is that what Andy is doing is completely different. It's completely uh, yeah. different. And, <laughs> and, but it, it works though. And yeah, that's, yeah. The, <laughs> that's yeah. the beauty part. So, I mean, like, on on symbiosis, which we've discussed before, is is one of my favorites of yours. You know, again, the that that the guitar riff and what the, what the vocals are doing, the vocal melody are very similar. You know, it's accented differently, it's offset from each other, but but then you know you've got this. 
I mean, again, what do you want to even call that song? Is it prog rock? Is it rock? Is it classic rock? Is it alt rock? Is it, I mean, like, I don't even know what I would call it, right? Because I do hear Doors. I do hear Red Hot Chili Peppers. I do hear a bunch of different things. But I can't tell you what it is, right? <laughs> like I can't. You know, that, like, that, that honestly, Chrissy, that's that's what I love about it, and it's like yeah. the way we wrote it, and it's like how it was written, and it's like I love it for that. Do right. you know what I mean? Because mm. you can't really pigeonhole, yeah, the song itself. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, and I like that about it. Do you know what I mean? Even even thinking about it and listening to ourselves, is thinking about it. And it's like where does it sit? And it yeah. really doesn't really sit anywhere. Something in a sense. So I, I and and yeah. I gotta ask, because the end of that song, I mean, first of all, the song is just it's it's as all of them are, especially once they get into the studio or onto Spotify, very tight. Very tight. There's no sloppiness, everything's in its own sonic space, it's not muddy in any way, it's all very tight. But at the end of symbiosis, you have a pretty big tempo change, right? Was uh, that something that happened? I could, I, my guess was that that was something that happened just during jamming it. Like, how are we going to end this? And that's how you chose to do it. Or was that a different conscious choice? Cause it's cool, but it definitely like you had to decide to do that. So how did that happen? That, 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 that's actually like, it's, it's not on Spotify, but the, the way, the way like the guitar part started, it's, when we do it live, it starts off like differently, a different tempo, and then goes into the tempo. But when we were oh, recording okay. it, um, it was quite difficult for the sound engineer to, to get us all in because we we do it live. Yeah. And we don't play with click tracks. So he was okay. saying, look, because we're not playing with a click track, for, yeah, it's kind of for, it was getting kind of yeah. all in there. Uh, and it was lim- limited time as well that mm-hmm. we had. So we kind of. Put it like that. So the intro yeah. and the outro are live. They're, they're pretty much the same tempo almost. <laughs> oh, so okay. We managed to nail yeah. it on the outro. It's a feel. Do you know what it's not? Yeah. It's not. And I, I think a lot of things like that, Chris, it's. it's hmm. It's feel, and that's as you were yeah. saying earlier. Trying to pin it down, and I mm-hmm. quite kind of it's fall into something. So I, you've got to kind of, but it works because we all they're on the same page. So I think you can't quite sort of uh, find. I, I think I just said earlier on the investment we all put into, it and it's like by giving, bringing a song, it's like I'm not going to sit there and go, "This is how it should be done." That's how you should no. play that. Mm-hmm. People are invested. People do it. Then it comes out, and most of the things we do are done with feeling pretty much mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. instead of timing. I, th- I would say a lot of the time, but the right. timing comes out of that feeling, mm-hmm. and we all get into that sort of flow. Yeah. And then it's like we know it's a four, four, an eight, six, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? But we, we, we know where it's going. Like, uh, do you know what I mean? When we're, when we're yeah. playing like two, two mm-hmm. flights live, mm-hmm. when we're play, playing two flights like within the studio, we all kind mm-hmm. of know where it's going. Um, yeah. But there was one time recently we were playing a, an open open mic night, mm-hmm. and there, there was a guy playing occasionally. He was keeping time. Hang okay. on, <laughs> it sounded like off because we were <laughs> hanging up. You were all <laughs> <in> the <laughs> <energy> <laughs> in the <laughs> <right> place. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, but could, could you please stop that? Yeah, like, please, please don't do that. I, I think of two. Fl- I think of two flights as more of a blues song, not a jazz song. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But so what the hell was he doing? What was he? No, I. Yeah. No, the, the, the guy, the guy he was playing like when we started playing, he kind of kept that beat through the whole okay. song. But because we were changing, yeah, times and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I'm really having fun with it. having fun with it. Like, points and I like we, uh, we know yeah. from what mm-hmm. parts we're going into. You, you'll maybe like sing a bit louder, but they'll end up being a bit quicker. Well, and also I think generally when people play live because of the adrenaline, the tempo is usually at least a little bit faster than it is when you're in the studio. So, but I mean, but again, I think everything that you guys are saying here comes back to that idea that the band demands and creates its own synergy. You guys are locked in with each other. And so you can do those things. You can screw around with tempo where, you know, Mr. Cajun can't keep up because he doesn't speak Pangean sons. He doesn't know, (laughs) you know, what's coming next. But you all, and I'm I'm guessing that you guys all probably look at each other a lot on stage. Uh, Definitely, definitely. Well, actually, that's uh, what happened last weekend. (laughs) Unfortunately, James couldn't make the gig. His drummer. His brother was getting married. His brother was getting married, so priorities. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a toss Uh, up there, you know, marriage uh, versus a gig, but okay. But yeah, yeah. And you you had, you had like a, you had a little baby come in. You had like a 17 year old or 19 year old or something? 14. 14. Was that your son? That's my son. Yeah, that's my son. So. And he uh, learned the set on the way. On the way. The way. way. <laughs> we'd, been, we'd been in holiday for a week. And then he, I think he was back for two, three days. And then he went off on holiday with his friends, mum and dad. <laughs> they went off on holiday. Then I picked Stevie up, picked Andy up. Then Rowan had got back. I went and picked him up from his friend's house mm-hmm. with a drum pad to stick <laughs> in the back of the van. Here you like, go, kid. I was like, I was like, because he is a drummer and that's what he does. And I actually put him in. And from being a drummer before, I used to teach him in the garage at uh, home. And he, when he was four or five years old, teaching him yeah. new roles and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and then we put him into drum lessons. He can read the music. He does well at school with it. So I put the drum pad in the van with the sticks, and I was like, right. And yeah, they knew where I was going with the van. Okay. So I picked him up, and he's like, oh, I've just been in holiday. It's like you say to me, I don't know. And I was like, I've not played for two weeks. I've not played the drums for two weeks. So sat in the back of the van, and we're like, so like quietly put what as born and then put yeah, other songs on and then he gets in and takes so he's sitting on a drum mm-hmm. pad uh, mm-hmm. just like the the snare practice pads that you get for the, the sort of uh, uh oh, peak but, bands. but also using the headrest and, and the <laughs> it's the the hi hat and stuff and that's like right here we go. Oh man. So he done that listening to the songs maybe up it takes about two, three hours mm-hmm. up yeah, there, yeah. Uh, and then he come on stage with us and he literally 
new uh, every single uh, song. Every slide, absolutely even, astonishing. Even, even when he dropped on his drums, we only, he only had two drums. He <laughs> <laughs> dropped, but he still managed to keep it going. And, uh, oh so man! He I I don't blame. I didn't. It's why I didn't realize it was your son. But that that's yeah. That's a stand. Well, I mean, I I guess the Pangean son's symbiosis thing runs in the family. He he sort of inherited that. But I mean, (laughs) but but that's I mean, and and I think it enables you guys to have a lot of freedom in a lot of different places creating and playing your music that bands mm-hmm. that are not comfortable. Cause I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with being a band that does stick with the genre. There's nothing wrong with being a band where things are written more in a linear fashion. And then, you know, mm-hmm. everyone knows their parts and, and things are, are kind of more aligned in one direction. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but in order to pull off what you guys do, um, you know, it requires, a lot of musical skill, obviously, but also just a real connection among the four of you to pull that off, you know, that you can sit there and say, okay, you know what? Um, Cause I mean, you know, I'll write a lot of lyrics and, and I don't often hear somebody playing something where I go, Oh, you know what? I have something for that. I'm always like, no, that wouldn't fit. No, that wouldn't fit. So, I mean, you guys can come up with things that you bring separately, but then you can also sit down and generate something on, on the fly, which is very cool. But I mean, do you find that you prefer the house sessions being in the studio playing out live is one more fun for you than the other each of you you might have different answers or for me for me studio for you because like uh i think the studio as well because like james is there he's playing drums and Mm. and it's the boys and it's like a a complete sound then yeah at the same time i do do love the house sessions Mm -hmm. um but I think I prefer like the full band and to have the drums in. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'm sure James will be glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. We prefer the band when you're in it, James. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No, well, like um, I think that's one of the things you were talking about the sort of connection, like sort of musically. Yeah. Like, there's no egos in the band. The forties got on really well, mm. and. Like whether it's music or conversation, everything always yes. generally flows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think that's probably the the hearty. Everything is just how well we all go on together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's it because we kind of do things out with the band as well. Yeah. We'll go mm-hmm. and see other bands, or just maybe have a night out and that yeah. sort of thing. When James is a wee bit probably less able to do that, just these circumstances and his job and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah, we'll certainly kind of hang out. Um, with that. But James is one of these guys as well that if you meet him, you just instantly go on with. He's okay. a total character and yeah. fantastic guy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it just makes it easy to mm. just feel relaxed and comfortable mm. with it. And, you know, you yeah. just no kind of uh, judgment about what you're doing. It's right. what works. And then, yeah. uh, so I, that's the thing I just like, just creating stuff. Yeah, I 
But it's different as well, because I suppose we do uh, the house sessions like once a week on a Thursday, and it's quite a laid-back thing, so sometimes mm-hmm. we'll kind of focus quite on stuff we've done already. Other times we'll maybe um, try something new. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's, like, it's still really kind of regimented, so mm-hmm. it's quite kind of laid-back. So it's quite a different thing, but if we go to the studio, then it's more of a yeah, more focused. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Both fun, but in a ways, I suppose. So. Mm-hmm. You feel like you kind of tip more, and you're sort of like there to do the thing, and then you do it, and you're like, yeah, work great, probably mm-hmm. satisfying. Whereas like a Thursday, it's more have a couple of beers, maybe. So it sounds like the, each. Each environment gives you something different, but you enjoy all of them ultimately. So yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, it's kind of apples to oranges. And yeah. okay, yeah, I mean that that you know th- there is, and even you know if it's if it's just Stevie and Gordon playing, and then you know, or or if it's the three of you, um, you know, there are all these different iterations of what you're doing. But it's um, I I, I really I, I guess I wanted to ask too because we've talked about it a little, or you know at least alluded to it a little bit. Some of your influences musically, each of you, because I'm sure. There are certain things. So, like for example, um, one of another one of my favorites of yours is "It Gets Easier," and oh. I hear such a Beatles esque chord progression in that oh. song, and it just um, I love the two guitar lines at the beginning. I just I love it's just so pretty, and there's it's such a a bright song to me. Um, you know, sonically um, and dynamically, but it it does have a kind of across the universe feel to me, in a way. And um, I I'm wondering if you guys all happen. I mean, I know most people do, although not everyone. But like the Beatles. But I mean, what are your musical influences? You know, either including or beyond that. Each of you, what what do you all like that you listen to, and what's the stuff that's specific to each of you? Because I'm sure it's a mix. I think for, for myself, definitely, uh, probably more my father's influence to start with. So you're sort of, uh, sort of early rock, glam rock, Bowie, mm. Bowie sort of T-Rex, as it sort of said for sort of Sex Pistols, mm. Blondie, stuff growing up with that. But I'd grown up myself, ended up being sort of The Doors, Pink Floyd, then you're sort of going in that progression, but I will literally listen to everything from classical music mm-hmm. all the way through to be PG Harvey, MIA, Sandy Gold, everything really. Everything, yeah. Anything, really. <laughs> okay. Anything that picks my ear, it's like mm-hmm. it could be like Bill Ellis when uh, first came out, it was like there was a lot of that scene. I was like, Although it was pushed to a certain genre of music and a certain age group, if you say that, you can see what they're trying to do and you can see the influences within it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the through line. From yeah. It, yeah, you pick things from it that that's lovely. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like the, the yeah. melodies and stuff like that. So anything really picks me up, but mainly, yeah, probably from my father and I, eh, which is the sort of the rock, the sort of glam rock, the singer songwriter type mm. sort of influence have you seen that so mm. oh, that's a, yeah that's that's quite the spread um that's quite the spread. <laughs> but, I, but i but i do hear some of those 
or some pieces of some of those in what you guys do. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, okay, so Andy, Stevie, who's gonna who's gonna take that one next? Yeah, I suppose uh, the kind of first kind of stuff that I really get into kind of music was kind of nineties uh, sort of uh, indie rock kind of things, things like the kind of Pixies. Um, Actually, stuff like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, these were kind of like, like probably the first band I realized was a band called Mega City Four. It was a really kind of unknown English band. Oh, okay. Kind of almost a lost band because they actually had their back catalogue deleted by the record company. But <laughs> if you can find their stuff, you should. Have that. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh um, wow! Uh, then I think when Nirvana kind of hit that, probably okay. That was just right at that age, but just that dropped, and I was absolutely right. I'm only interested in grunge. And, that anymore yeah. um, and then probably since then it's been kind of like probably uh, a lot of kind of American punk bands that sort of me and my friends have all been into and okay. when I was like in other bands that was a lot of the stuff that we played and they were listened to but I've always been kind of like I mean Bowie's one of my biggest things that sure. <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Um, probably my favourite band at the moment is a Scottish band called Biffy Clyro I just absolutely think are amusing as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's quite broad-ranging, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm quite into a whole range of things. And I think that probably helps. That I don't like to kind of just yeah. limit yourself, and I think that's... Mm -hmm. Well, and, and it's uh, interesting because your range is different from Gordon's range. You know, like, there mm -hmm. were things that were a little bit of overlap, but then a lot of stuff that wasn't. So... The Venn diagram is getting a little clearer here. So, okay. So, what about <laughs> what, what about yeah. you, Stevie? What's your uh, right. what's your well, uh, sort of, growing up? My dad was kind of like the the Beatles, but then sort of one of one of Paul McCartney's records. I think it was Flower on the Dirt. That was one of the kind of earliest ones where I remember that that my dad really liked. Um, mm. But then also had a, an older brother who was into Queen and. Um, so I would maybe listen to his like Queen records, like Queen of Lux and stuff. Um, mm. But then, sort of, as I got kind of older, it was I, I sort of became a very Iron Maiden and kind of rock and stuff. Oh, okay. And up, but then, oh, a bunch of people watching of, this just cheered. Yeah, Queen <laughs> 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 Maiden, and then people light up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, so I, I kind of drifted away from that. But then there was like bands. I don't know if you know of them. The, the Happy Mondays and Spiral Carpet. And it was like kind of Britpop nineties type music. Okay. But then I also I drifted into like sort of ha hardcore rave music <laughs> for, for a spell. Um, That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> After that, then, like, probably when I kind of started playing playing guitar, it was it was like kind of Jimi Hendrix and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'd like John yeah. Frusciante's one of my sort of favourite musicians. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then I don't know whether like a lot of stuff like sort of like Andy was saying, like during my my, my rave spell. Nirvana was my guilty pleasure. <laughs> 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 to be honest, on that point, though, it's like I, get Bjork and uh, I, the Prodigy and everybody else. Oh, that I, point was a lot of Prodigy. Did you just I, go from Bjork to Prodigy? 
Did you just do that? Did you just do that? Okay, it's like going from John Denver to like Dio or something. That's like, wait, how did you go? Okay, okay. That's so, a fun fact. It's like Bjork scene projects they play in London and then she went back to Iceland to create her own stuff. So that's I did uh, not that's, know that's that. One of your main influences. When you, when you okay. John Denver, yeah. that, that was another sort of early one. Like uh, my dad was a big fan of John Denver, so that, that was another one. As I well. love John Denver. I know it's cheesy mm -hmm. as hell, but I don't care. I just, I don't care. Any song is still one of the best things that was ever written and recorded. I don't care what anybody says. So, okay. So when I'm saying things like I hear Red Hot Chili Peppers, I hear mm -hmm. Doors, I hear Sabbath and Ozzy. I hear Beatles. I hear, you know, I mean, like it, 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 I, I guess I'm not making you guys unhappy because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it, even, even yeah. a song that's definitely farther afield, like I'm going to say that Asbo is definitely farther afield, right? Like that, that yeah. song is, is pretty out there. I mean, at the beginning when the vocals come in, I'm like, what is going on? with this because <laughs> i didn't know if the whole thing was just gonna be you know yeah. you deserve an ass but like i really didn't know if it was just gonna keep going like that but that one and it's why when when andy said something i i smiled about you know just the the music in the indie the pixies and things like that i heard violent femmes in that one blister in the sun <laughs> kind of thing yeah. and i that is the most punk thing that i've heard you guys do Asbo to me. Yeah, I mean, and again, I was like, what is happening? Because you're not, you're not sticking with anything. I mean, okay. So like, for example, release, I hear a combination of um, Paranoid by Sabbath. Okay. Oh, mm -hmm. And Crazy Train by Ozzy. And I'm going, <laughs> okay. okay, you know, this is, you know, and it's funny because it, depending on which of your songs someone heard as their first impression of you, no mm -hmm. matter what the second song was, they would be like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, because I mean, like, yeah. you know, and, and, and all of them. So then like, pray very different thing i heard blues rock in that but also Prague. i heard some seattle tone on the guitar then you've got those harmonies which are their own thing and it's like again i know we keep saying it but there's no way to talk about your music without talking about how non-genre specific it is and then also Pointing out the fact that even with all of that, it still all comes together so tightly, so tightly. Because jam bands, the word tight is not a word I tend to use as associated <laughs> with jam bands. I just don't. You know, you can watch Fish if you want to for however long and you're not going to go, wow, that was really tight. That is not. But you guys are. It's all very tight. But you are also a jam band in a way. And then you are also not that. And and I just I, I'm glad that you're not restricting yourself in that way. I mean, I I, I just spoke to um rehab from New Zealand um mm. an, um last night actually, and um they, they will have just aired um on Monday when when people are watching this, but um 
they said very similar things like, you know what, we're not going to say what we do is this genre. You know, we're not going to say, we're not going to define ourselves as this. And it was the same sort of idea because when you do that, you limit yourself. And I mean, one of the conversations that I have a lot on this show, and it's often with the metal musicians, is this idea that, you know, there are gatekeepers of genre, whatever the genre is, who will say, well, mm -hmm. if you are an X band, you can only do X and anything yeah. that's, you know, A through V. Mm, I think, and then uh, Y or Z is off the table, right? I think that was right, the correct yeah. alphabet. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I think I read the book recently. I can't remember who wrote it. It was, it's called Sellout, and it's all about the kind of 90s sort of explosion of uh, what happened after Nirvana and all these bands getting signed up. Okay. And it's quite a different kind of uh, story for it. It's like kind of Green Day and like kind of Jawbreaker and bands like that. And they all had very different receptions based on mm. their fan base. Mm -hmm. They thought they'd sold out, or in some cases, they didn't care anyway about well, doing it. So, yeah. But it was exactly. really interesting that whole scene at the time that the fan base would not allow them to break out and then yeah, get out of what their definition was. That's the thing is that we, we will always do what we feel, I think, Christina. Mm -hmm. And there's one we've got coming in the background that Andy sent us at one point. Which is probably <laughs> miles from anything you want. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I'm trying to totally think. Different. I'm so, trying to think what the hell uh, totally different yeah. is yeah. for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is it? What does that even mean? How can you be totally different from yeah. something that's nine different totally things basically. all at the same time and totally different yeah. from everything else on the? You know, totally different yeah. for you would be doing the same thing. That's the only thing I can think of. But I mean. <laughs> But, you know, I, I know, and it's it's an interesting point that you make that yeah. it's not just about, Andy, the the um, the other musicians who are kind of judging whether what you do passes muster per the genre that you've chosen mm -hmm. or had chosen for you. It is also the fan base. And that's a point that I don't think anybody's yeah. made yet. And it's like, I think yeah. of, you know, I loved The Police. I mean, I know I'm going out on a limb there because nobody likes them, but um, I loved the police. But then when Sting went off on his own, what he was doing was completely different, you know, because Sting was not a, a pop punk, post punk, whatever guy initially, you know, I mean, he was he was a pop ballady or whatever. And then he decided at some point he was a jazz musician. And so he mm -hmm. lost people from the police when he went solo yeah. and was more pop. Uh, and then he lost his pop fans when he went jazz. And I don't think he yeah. gives a fuck because he wants to make the music <laughs> no. that he yeah, wants to make. Yeah, and yeah, also, let's yeah. face it, Sting has enough money at this point that if he just wanted to make an album of Kazoo, he could do it, you know? So no, <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to stop him. But you're right, though, that, that I mean, it, and it's it's something that I always felt bad for when I would go to concerts that, you know, a band would come out with like, hey, you know, we've been working on new material and the audience is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play Rocket Man again. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the, you know, I only want to hear the songs I know. So even, and I think that that's one thing where, you know, even if you do want to be in a genre, then, you know, people aren't even necessarily going to want to hear whatever you might do in that genre. They want to hear the things that they want you to do in that genre. And it can oh, get yeah. very, very claustrophobic as a musician, um, you know, and if part of what you're in music for is the creativity and the artistic license, 
in that way, you know, I think indie musicians maybe have a little bit more freedom than more established, signed, you know, super successful, popular ones, because there aren't any expectations. You know, you guys are defining yourselves as you go and constantly redefining yourselves and kind of defining yourselves by the fact that you're never going to define yourselves. And so what can anybody <laughs> say to you? What really, what can they say? They can't go, well, that's not mm -hmm. a Pangean and Sun song. Well, yes, it fucking is because we literally do whatever the hell we want. Thank you. Like looking at it, like the, the sort of versatility of sound, sometimes I think that we're not going to get like sort of maybe like a big fan base because we don't have a sound. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, when you, when you look at how music's changed, whereas like when I was young, it was album based, you would go and listen yeah. to yes. album, whereas now yes. people yeah. are picking, they're cherry picking music with different mm. places, they're yeah. not listening to mm. albums. So, exactly. Whoever's listening to Symbiosis is not going to listen to Asbo. Right. So, right. I hope, or uh, might pull them towards that, but they might not might, like it. They're like, you know what? Surrender's okay. Well, that that's that's yeah. That, and it's and it's funny when I when I interviewed Dion Powderband, we had a similar discussion about how, you know, indie musicians can take what is really sort of an unfortunate, I think, um, you know, piece of of the way that, you know, the TikTok attention span and and just the way that yeah. people mm -hmm. you know sample music a la carte these days you know and and it's one of the things as i've said before that i love about doing this show is that in researching everything i get to sit down and just listen to albums again and so <laughs> you know and and the thing is that you know what what dion was saying and it's it's exactly what you were saying too stevie is that because no one listens to albums anymore besides me um, for this show, you know, <laughs> you can use that to your advantage and say, okay, you know what, as I said, you know, it, whatever the first song somebody hears of Panji and Sons and thinks, okay, this is what they do. The second song is going to surprise the shit out of them because it's completely different. And it, it does enable you to say, Okay, you know, because if frankly, if you it wouldn't bother me at all if you put all of the singles that you have on Spotify right now on one album, that would not bother me, you know, sonically at all. Like it to me, it's once I've accepted that, and it's in, for me, it's an easy accept. I know not for everybody that you guys aren't slavish to a genre. You're not defining yourselves as one thing. You're not limiting what you're doing. Then whatever comes next, I'm fine. Right. But for people who don't like that, for people who well, well wait a minute, you can't do this because you did that before. They can just pick the singles they want. And then, you know, so you have people who can go to the buffet and just take the dishes they want. And then you have the people who can sit down and order the seven course meal and then they get each thing as it's served and they just eat whatever's yeah. given to them. So, I mean, I, I do think that that, you know, I. I remember, I am old enough to remember, you know, going and, and buying a CD and going, you know, what's this, you know, and then you listen and you're like, ah, I don't like this one, you skip it, you know, but then maybe later you come back to it. But there was something very cool about just going and listening to an album, right? But, you know, yeah, yeah. since yeah. that isn't really done much anymore, um, I think it does, it does enable bands like you who don't want to be pigeonholed to get away with it more easily because, you know, why not? 
that could just be the song that people know or the song that people like or the one that people stream on their playlist over and over and over again of yours. Like, I imagine you'll take it, right? Like, <laughs> as long as people are listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be a trend, right? And it's like, it's, especially the one we done the night, it's like they was wrote last night. It's like, we had, we had like, the, the hooks there. It's like, mm. it's got a good feel to it. And mm-hmm. it sounds nice. Do you know what I mean? But we try and do that with everything, I think, is like trying, as you say, it's like people might not like certain songs of what we do, but we try and make them sound as nice as we possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, I think when, when we're writing, we're, uh, not, we're not catering yeah. for anyone, we're only catering for ourselves and, I and how, how we think the sound's going to go. It's not, yeah. we're not looking to, to write a song for people to like it we're just writing it because right. we, we love creating music and we just love music really it's not yeah yeah, yeah. people like it and we've also i suppose range but then if we're kind of like uh the set list we're putting together for the gig next week mm-hmm. there's probably more focus towards kind of a live gig I, it's sort a of kind more. of faster sort of uh mm-hmm. live songs mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. That we've got a fair range there that we can sort of pick and choose Mm-hmm. Hopefully, play the yeah. stuff that sits the moment, sort of thing. I yeah. that I showed the, 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 the guys the night. It's like I had a video from last weekend where it was, uh, I think, probably about three in the morning. We're, <laughs> we're sitting around a fire beside the lock, uh, right, the, right beside the lock, and we're playing subsonic lines. And there's all these people that we've never met before that we've, we've, we've met that night, and we're just sitting playing subsonic lines around the fire. And it's, like, uh-huh. it's, it's just a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Magical You're making me want to have been there. It sounds now. <laughs> that's that's a song that uh, that's another one that I feel like is a little bit more of an outlier for you because that reminds me more of like a cowboy junkies kind of song, um, mm. like a sweet Jane, something like that. And I, and again, like I. I love when a band's stuff sounds like a mixtape, you know, <laughs> like a bunch of different things. Because, but, but I mean, the, what you're saying, Stevie, about, you know, and, and not making music based on what you think people will like isn't the same thing as not caring whether people like your music. It's just about what drives the engine, right? So, you know, and I think be, because what you guys offer is so diverse musically someone will like everything like not mm-hmm. not i mean I'm, there are going to be people like me who do like all of them but i mean like each song is going to find a home with someone you know someone who might want to listen to more of a blues prog rock kind of you know will go and listen to pray where they might not listen to winning but someone who listens mm-hmm. to winning yeah. will be you know you know and the, and and i mean you know you also seem to straddle not only genre, but decade, right? So I was listening to Magic, which was one of the house session songs, I think. And I kept going, what does this remind me of? What does it, it was driving me crazy. And I finally landed on it. It was Julia by John Lennon. Do you know that one? Julia, Julia. And there was something mm-hmm. about there yeah. was something about the gentleness of the the melody and the lyrics together, and I'm going okay. And then the next song that I listened to was "Soul Away," 
which I'm hearing <laughs> Steppenwolf, Born to be Wild, again, some Ozzy <laughs> thrown in there. And I just kept thinking to my, and, and at no point did I go to myself, these guys just have not made up their mind. Like, it didn't even occur to me. It didn't. And like, I think if your music were not done so well, and you guys individually were not so talented as you are, and then you did not have that synergy as a band that you do, I would have been much more likely to be like, okay, now they're doing this. What the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I, that did not, it did not show up on my radar anywhere. And to me, that means that to make what, you know, for me, even though it's not an album, I'm sitting there on Spotify and I'm listening to, you know, all seven of them, six of them, whatever, in a row, it's effectively an album, right? Because that's just, you know, and who cares? It's not called anything, but, you know, I'm listening to them all at the same time. And the fact that it never occurred to me to think like, wait, what are they and what do they do? And what am I going to call them? And how are they going to define themselves? To me, that means that you've succeeded in what you're doing, um, which I know you're glad to hear because you probably didn't think you were a band until I just now told you, so you're welcome. But but I mean, but I mean, it, but but no, but really, because it's it's what you're doing is a little bit of a musical high wire act. It really is because you could blow it at any point. You know what I mean? Like it could just be, as I said earlier, it could be confused. It could be muddy. It could be internally incoherent. It could just it could just be a mess. And it's not. And I love when bands have the balls to do stuff like that and then the skill to actually back it up. Because let's face it, there are some people that have the balls and not the skill. And then there are some people that have the skill and not the balls. And so we never get to hear what that would sound like. And then the stuff that we do where it's like, oh, I really wish you had put your balls away because that was not good. But you you guys, you're, you're, you're doing both. And I, and I think that that, especially, again, as a musician, I appreciate that so much because there's such a fine line between being able to blend genres, change tempos, change keys, um, all of the stuff that you guys are, are are playing around with and tinkering with, there's such a fine line between that sounding exciting and complex and sounding like somebody just threw a band out of a moving car and then recorded what happened next. You know what I mean? So, so, just like, you know, uh, your instinct and yeah. what sounds, yeah. sounds good. And like, but whatever we do in like your house sessions, like we've always got an open mind as well when we take it to the studio that it could completely mm. change. Like, yeah, release, release started, hundred percent. Release started is like a a really slow. I got it. and I put like a riff to it, and then just but that's, that's that's definitely one of those. Uh, it's it's just I think it's just pain. I think it's just yeah bringing everything you have to the table, but not putting the pressure there to make it something it shouldn't be. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Then it will come organically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it will it will develop itself and yeah, it come is. around and it will well it'll meld into something. You, you, you would you wouldn't think it would even wouldn't even be abuse in a sense. Mm -hmm. mm. No, but, but, I, and I also think that one of the things that differentiates you from maybe more of a traditional jam band, if there is such a thing, is that you also know when to edit. 
because just because you can play all the notes <laughs> doesn't mean you <laughs> should. Just because no. you could throw in some completely different thing here as a solo or, you know, go in a completely different direction vocally doesn't mean you need to do it. And so while I don't think you guys are limiting yourselves, I think you are aware of what the weight of what you're building can bear and what it can't. And so it does, it's not, it's not limited. It's just chosen. Does that make sense? The distinction that I'm making? It goes, it goes back to something you said earlier, and it's like serving the song. Um, I think, I think that's like kind of important as well. It's like, because you could, yeah. you suppose, like selfishly as a musician, you could go, I want to play some yeah, like crazy. Solo in here or something. Aye, but it's not going to do anything for the song. So yeah. like, we're all kind of trying to serve the song. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I just can get messy mm -hmm. when there's too much there. Aye, it's like silence yeah. is too much a, a tool to use as, as, you know, sound. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No, and, and I don't think enough. It's like in film now or even just watching commercials, everything is just constant stimulation and there's just something happening at every moment. And I think that people, musicians have sort of largely forgotten the art of the dynamic and the pause and the silence mm -hmm. and the breath. And it does. And, and I mean, even in a song like Symbiosis, where you're not like, you know, stopping regularly or anything like that, but the notes are, they're spaced enough, you know, the riff relative to the vocal. There are little breathers in there where, yes, you know, Andy and, and James are carrying it through, but not every moment is taken up with something, you know, or not everybody is playing at every moment. And, and it does give the ear a chance to, enjoy you know it's sort of like the sorbet between courses you know you're cleansing your palate a little bit that that people aren't afraid to be quiet for a couple of seconds there and throw something in there or slow it down a little bit where maybe you know you would have been more up tempo until you know james tells you to to speed it up or whatever but but no i i i really i do i just i respect you guys so tremendously as musicians because what you do is not easy and it really could be um, much less successful than it is in, in the final take. And so, you know, I, I, I was really interested to get my hands on you and talk to you about, <laughs> you know, how conscious this was. And it's funny because it sounds like it was something that was more tacitly agreed on among the four of you once you started playing together. I don't think anybody sat down and went, you know what? we're not going to define ourselves. We're going to define ourselves by not defining ourselves and we're going to be genre rebels and we're not going to be pitching. It sounds like you guys just sort of started playing together and went, okay, we all know what we're doing here. And then you just let that be and become so whatever. Really it's really a conversation about, but, but, that, uh, I think, but I think I can say this. It's like coming in, bringing a song, you might think it's like, it might be close to you and you're like, like no, I want it to be this way. It's never really been like that. It's just no. like, mm. as Dave, it's like when we first went in the studio, it was like, Andy, play what you want. Just yeah. do your thing. Same with James. Play right. what you want. Yeah. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. You, you, can, you, you can hear that on like, mm. the, the previous well. You said something yourself mm. um, about how 
uh, on reprieve, there's, there's uh, not, not reprieves, but there's like different sounds within mm-hmm. the, the music. Like there's one of the bits where it's like I don't, I don't, I don't play anything, but Andy plays like this running. It's all, I think it's almost like a punk run type mm-hmm. of thing on on uh, reprieve. Um, so that's I, I mean, that's, that's um, what you're trying to do. I, yeah, you're not trying. To, no, I would, yeah, we've never tried to sound like anything. Yeah, we just I, play what we feel and, and you sound like it. you. <laughs> you sound like Pangean <laughs> yeah. Sons. That's that's what it is. You're no, but it's it's good, and and I'm I am very interested to hear what the miles away from anything we've done completely different song is because I still can't figure <laughs> out. What that would it would be like? Okay, it would we have to be. Like a <laughs> I I think yeah. I figured it out. I think it's a country rap with um a lot of heavy synth and then a frog croaking in the background. Is that am I am I am I, am I close at all? I yeah, I know. Right now, I get I get half the royalties of that one. You know, uh, you know the, the rapping frog or whatever. But no, I mean it really. Um, it do, it does make it interesting because we don't know what you're going to do next. And let's be honest, you guys don't know what you're going to do next necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, but that's fine because it it will come. You know, it will come. So I mean. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, is there anything specific in terms of songs that are coming out soon that you want to let us know about? I mean, I know that you've got, you know, the Soundwave gig on the 5th, um, August and, uh, yeah. and and all of that. But I mean, you know, when can we expect the next? I mean, I know you said Facebook, we, we might get the song that you guys wrote in like 45 seconds the other day or whatever. But like, <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think, I think we'll do that new. I think we'll probably put that on Facebook, probably. Just, again, as a house session, as a sort of taste of what's to come. Right. We'll put that out, but I think the album, with the other four songs in it, so what right. the album four songs, I think, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think that'll probably be about a month and a bit away. Uh, maybe, maybe two uh, months. Maybe two months. We'll need, we need to do two mm. studio sessions. August, then I I feel like I'm sitting in on a band meeting right now. I think we're looking at album wise probably push September ish time. Oh, okay. So not not that not that long. Not that long. Delayed a wee bit with the things, I suppose. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the next. I know we need to stop jamming. That's it. That was one of the things I meant to say earlier, like what you were saying about, like, but you know, we sound like a jam band, but we're not a jam band. Like right. we do jam, but then mm-hmm. we we take what works and mm-hmm. and we put it to the song. Then right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. Okay. So good. So the album. Then we're talking maybe like a monthish. That's not too bad. A couple oh, months. <laughs> no, no, you've you've committed yeah. to it now, so you you yes. have to do it. That's it. I, I have it on film. I can I can use this against you in court if I want. So I can just you know sue you for emotional distress if it takes longer than that because you're making me wait for new Pangy and Sons music. So okay, so and and I know you guys are you're gonna just kick ass at the at the at the festival too. That looks like a really fun. 
thing that you guys are part of. Yeah. And and it was it was where I started, right? So this is your triumphant return a year out, you know, you're 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 back and and you know you've known each other for more than you know three weeks or whatever as a band. And and, uh, look at you. They'll be like, look at how they've grown in a year. It's kind of amazing. So okay. So you guys may know this or may not, but I end every show with a little segment we like to call in the Vox seat. So I am going to ask you guys the same five questions I ask every band. You may hate at least one of them, as I tell everyone, because everybody seems to hate <laughs> at least one of them. But I would love to get answers from each of you, too. We should have had a little James Sock puppet or something you guys could have answered yeah, for him with. Yeah. But uh, hello, I don't like this. But OK, so the first question and <laughs> good luck with this one, guys, because I think we've spent most of this episode making sure that people understand that you're not going to be able to answer this question easily, if at all. But if you had to sum up the music of Pangean Sons in five words or less, <laughs> what the hell would you say? <laughs> play, play it like you feel. Nice. Play it like you feel. Yeah. Okay. No, that he that's yeah, his answer. You all have to give one. So do, you, you, can't, you can't just ride on his coattails. You all need to come up with something. Okay, so play, play what you feel. Okay, we got play what you feel. Who's taking it next? Melt your face off. <laughs> Melt your face off. Okay. Okay. Crash your soul. Melt your face off and crash your soul. Yeah. Um, Something in my head, and then it's suddenly gone out. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it's not an easy. There. <laughs> that's not an answer, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Bit of everything. Okay. <laughs> that's that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of what I thought we were gonna get to is the idea of, you know, you know, we don't have a clue or something like that, you know, like um or whatever we feel like today. But um okay, I I yeah. I you know what? It is um I ask the question because sometimes people will talk about genre in answering it. Sometimes people will talk about the emotion that you get from the music when answering it. And sometimes people will take it in a totally different direction. Like I think um, Sean Thunderfoot Wells said, and I quote, it was just like him, sexy, 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 sexy. <laughs> so, you know, and like, there's no wrong answer to it, but I, I, I like that you guys stayed true to the fact of, you know, we're just, you know, playing what you feel and, and melt your face off and caress your soul. So, which are two things you don't generally <laughs> think go together, but there you go. So, okay. What is for each of you, your favorite thing about being a musician? Connection. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, coming together, the connection. Hmm. When it hits, just like that. It's a hard thing to explain because mm. like, for me, the favourite thing is, is that feeling that you get when you're in, in the moment, the zone, when you're mm. playing. And uh, that's, well, for me anyway, that's mm. hard to try and describe that. Mm-hmm. I always kind of feel like you know, you're kind of playing a song and it's like just going well and you're kind of in the groove and it's almost like gliding 
Aye. You just feel like you're gliding along in a wee sort of kind of airwave of everything all coming together. Aye. And just that kind of bit when you get that, that's just like the big kind of high, basically, isn't it? I think that's what I love about it. And just when you just, yep, it's kind of hard to get a grasp, but when you get it, you're just like, uh, yes. it's, it's a feel, <laughs> and then you hit a bum note, and it all goes wrong. <laughs> you, you guys, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you guys need to reach out to rehab in New Zealand because they gave almost an identical answer yesterday, and it was the, the you two are the only two that I've heard describe it. So I'm, I feel between the fact that you guys are not wedded to genre, and you guys are are you know just g- getting that moment there. I feel like you would get along very very well. But uh, okay, yeah, I, I I a connection and 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 being in in that magical space and all of that. I totally get that. So okay, but now you know where there's good, there's always not so good. So the flip side question of that is, what is your least favorite thing about being a musician? Mm. If you have one, if you have lack of time, lack of time, yeah, I would say Mm. lack Mm. of time to put to your passion, yeah, definitely. Um, Muscle cramps, (laughs) you need to drink more water, Stevie, but yeah, muscle. (laughs) Okay, so lack of time to put to your passion and muscle cramps. Okay, and <laughs> all right, Andy. Nothing's bad now. Drink water, and I'm fine. I think, well, I'm going to copy Gordon in a way, but I think that's it. Was, uh, mm-hmm. Once you kind of really into it, and that's what you kind of enjoy doing, yeah. and then all the other stuff like your actual job and work and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you end up doing music stuff instead and then yeah. realise that you've not done what you're supposed right. to do for work. Right. Yeah. What we're saying is we don't like real life. Yeah. <laughs> you're not alone in that. Just become hobo musicians. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's no, but I mean, I, I that's a common theme though, is, is that, you know, work-life balance and also just, you know, the fact that we have to whittle away our lives doing things that we don't necessarily like just to make the time and the money to give us a little bit of time to do the things we really want to do is one of the suckiest mm-hmm. things about life, <laughs> which is but, yeah. saying a lot. On the, um, on the flip side, that makes it so much more special when you get true. that time though. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because you got to wonder if maybe the people who do music as their day job take it for granted at some point. You know, so yeah. let's let's go with that because it'll it'll make us all feel better if we if we put a, a downside on that. Yeah, those poor suckers. You know, they they don't appreciate yeah. it enough because they get to do it all the time. But okay, um, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, this one I'm I'm really I always say this, but I always am genuinely curious. But I'm really curious to see what you guys are going to say. And this might be the question that you hate. If you each had to pick just one album to listen to. For the rest of your lives, and it's the only one you get. I knew you were going to hate this one, Stevie. Just glare for those of you who are just listening and on on the podcast and not watching. Stevie just gave me such a look. <laughs> which which album would you pick, and why? I know, oh, I know. Man. How the hell do you choose that? Have you got another power? <laughs> I used to have a very clear answer to this. So it's totally right, changed uh, over time. I don't have a clear answer for it anymore. 
I think the player when I was younger, I would have said the Benz by Radiohead, but I'm yeah. not that into them anymore. I don't know, something that's like more like a collective, maybe like the Desert Sessions or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's Desert Island. He's trying to game the system, folks. Trying to game the system with a compilation. <laughs> yeah. I'm on to you. I see what you're doing. I appreciate it. So, uh, to pick a band or an album from a band, uh, that's a very hard one. So, right now, again, for those of you who can't see this, they look like the. The see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys. Right now. <laughs> They're right, thinking so, so hard, each of them. This is adorable. Okay. For myself, for myself, for a selection of how it's actually created and how it sounds, I'm going to say probably the Doors in concert, I would say. Okay. Because, oh, of, the, because of the selection of the live albums from Hollywood Bowl to. Can that count? Can the life album count, or can I pull? Oh, through? of course, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I thought you were I, cheating there. No, 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 that's no, that's But just for the selection of how eclectic and how how it sounds most of the way through it, mm. it's very different most of the way through it from the Hollywood Bowl to mm. some of the Detroit tunes that come into it, and it's it just sounds very, and it's like. I think because there's songs that can go on for like two minutes to when the music's over, which can go on to like 17 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you could, you could, I, I could listen to that quite a lot, but uh, it's, that's a very hard one. I, I love, by the way, the 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 meta ness of the fact that a member of Pangean Sons has chosen an album that is different versions of different lengths of different kinds of different songs all on the same thing that are captured as one <laughs> moment in time but are not necessarily like anything else that you would hear the band do so well done gordon yes. kudos yeah. kudos on the the incredibly inception like answer there i appreciate that deeply so okay all right i'm, I'm gonna go to stevie last because he gave me that look so andy do you have yeah. any sense of an answer um, I'm probably just going to stick with the Benz, the Radiohead. Oh, that would okay. be my favourite album years oh, ago. But I don't know. I don't know. listen to it anymore. But I just love various things. But still, I absolutely love that album. Okay. Better and hold it holds up. <laughs> my younger self was convinced so much that was true that maybe he was right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right, Stevie. The time really, has come. A really tough one to pick. Um, I'm I'm going to go with one that's probably maybe not, but um, baby eighty-one by the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Um, I thought it just stuck out in my head at the time when you asked the question. Okay. So, okay. All right. That's, that's good. That? Do you know why? Uh, I just I just love the the tunes and okay. and there's. I, I find like Black Rebel Mo Motorcycle Club like sort of, I suppose kind of diverse in a way as well because mm. they've got, you know, they, they'll do sort of more sort of, yeah. sort of ballady acoustic things and, and it's got a wee bit of that on it, but then it's also got like some of the heavier rock stuff. Um, <laughs> Here we go again. They're, they're, <laughs> the meta. <laughs> they also switch between guitar <laughs> and bass and they, they throw like, yeah. Like, um, they switch bass, guitar, and it's not always the same mm -hmm. sort of thing. 
Mm. I love it. There's all the, all, then like all the different tunings as well. So yeah. okay, yeah. okay, you did it again. Yeah. I love it. You guys are so consistent. It's great. So consistent in being unpredictable. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, the good news I have for all of you is that this was a purely hypothetical question. So it is not actually <laughs> happening. <laughs> you, looked so, you looked so worried, Stevie, like I was just going to come to your house and take all your other music away. He really gave it thought, it's, ladies it's and gentlemen. And people. It's done. It's done. Yes, he did. Okay. Now, you know, this is the last question here. We've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about not being hemmed in by genre. We've talked about the synergy and the connection among the band members. We've talked about just doing what you feel and and you know we we solved the weighty question of animals at the beginning you know giraffes and porcupines and and hippos and all that but none so difficult as this question okay so here we go your toilet paper roll when you put it on the little holder does the toilet paper <laughs> hang with the toilet paper coming over top or do you pull the roll out from under the bottom and why no, over, over the top. 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 Over, over the, the top. top okay. Andy, you too? Yeah. Not a deal breaker, but yeah, over the top. No, no, over no, the top. No, no, no. Hey, so nothing else will do. Tomorrow, when we're, in, tomorrow when we're in the studio, if James, James says under the bottom, that could be trouble. I know. You may have to just replace him with Gordon's son. That's it. You know, that might be because, you know, Gordon's son has been raised in a particular toilet yeah. paper orientation household. And so, yeah, you know, he would be. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we occasionally, we will occasionally get one descent in the ranks. Sometimes the band is split. Um, but yeah, generally, I think the, the vast consensus has been over. So, Dom yeah. from Jamsteak watches these and he's always hoping someone else will agree with him on the under and it rarely happens. I think we've had three people, maybe four out of everyone go with the, so, all right, you guys are going to have to ask James that when you, when you catch up with you should probably call him now in the middle of the gig and just find out. Um, I'm sure he won't mind. <laughs> James, we have a pressing question. We need your answer right now. And if you answer incorrectly, you're out of the band. Guys, you have been such a joy to talk to. I am. I was looking forward to this interview. It did not disappoint. I'm so proud of what you put out and the fact that you have only been together for such a short time and you've locked in on, on a, I'm not going to say a sound, but you've locked in on an aesthetic and a direction for the band that is so clear um, and I'm so excited to see what you do next. And please, when you release whatever you release on Facebook, will you tag me in it so that I'm sure to see it? Because you know the algorithm's not going to show it to me. So no, I don't want to no, make sure. No. Do you know I wanna, that uh, constant battle we have all the time? It's like I'm on there pretty much try to do as much as possible. And mm -hmm. as we've sort of tagged and sort of noted, and you know yourself, as the algorithm, they try and fight it constantly. Yep. yep. That's ridiculous. So I yeah, know. definitely 100%. Okay, good, good. Then then we then we can make sure more people hear it. But uh oh, Gordon and Stevie and Andy, thank you, thank you for coming and talking to me tonight. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Such a pleasure to speak to you after being engaging with you and going through and obviously with the community and everything else. Yeah. Brown, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. Oh, no, thank you. No, the pleasure was mine. No, the pleasure was mine. No, the <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you guys can't all agree to something. You have to all have slightly different answers about how you felt about it because otherwise you wouldn't be Pangy and Sons, right? So, no. all right, guys. <laughs> Thank you all for, for tuning in to another Vox and Guest. We will see you next time. Bye.